You are listening to Get Real Podcast. Thank you. We're going to talk about mysteries again today. We're going to talk about mysteries of the Hebrew calendar. Let me first date stamp this edition. It is Saturday. This is the first time in a long time that we've done one on a Saturday. It is. It is. Much less a Saturday night. Have we, unless we were on the road. When we first started, we used to do them on Saturday nights, remember? Okay. Yes, it is Saturday, September 19th. 2020 and the reason why I, I am dating this edition is because it is Rosh Hashanah. Happy New Year. Happy New Year. Happy to you. New Year. Is that today or yesterday? It started last night at sundown. Okay. And today is the first day of the Jewish New Year. We have crossed a threshold in time from 5780 on the Jewish calendar to the year 5781. So I think it's very appropriate that we talk about the mysteries of the Hebrew calendar, and then we're going to meander a little bit, and we're going to talk about the mysteries of the Mayan calendar, because it ties into the Hebrew calendar and the Gregorian calendar that we talked about last week. Oh, wow. So most of what we're going to talk about, we would probably get kicked out of most churches for, but that's okay. We don't care. We can do what we want. We're not going to take it. We're not going to take it. So before we talk about 5780, 5781, and all that, let's do a quick review of the Gregorian calendar. We are still, believe it or not, in the year 2020. And I know that many of you wish that it was over, but we still have a few more months left. So what does that mean that we're in 2020 in the Gregorian calendar? Well, here's the deal, people. There are two different calendars. We got the Hebrew calendar and the Gregorian calendar. The Gregorian calendar is based upon, as we talked about the last time, the sun. It's a solar calendar, but it's really not based upon the sun if you look at the history of it. It's based upon the star Sirius, the canine star, which is also referred to, and I forgot to mention this the last time, it's referred to often as the morning star. Interesting. Interesting. That's something we can talk about and look at more in the future. But the the sighting of Sirius was seen when the Nile River in Egypt would flood. So when the Julian calendar was developed, it was based off of the Egyptian calendar based upon Sirius. And the Gregorian calendar was a correction of the Julian calendar. And as we've talked about, timekeeping on Earth is very inexact. And I think God has kept it that way. That way we cannot figure out the day or the hour. Hmm. We can determine the times and the seasons, as it says. And I think everybody, it doesn't take a whole lot of discernment right now to figure out the times and the seasons. It really doesn't. You know what's amazing about that? When you say that they were observing Sirius, how do they could see it that well? Yes, uh, Sirius can be seen sometimes with the naked eye during the day. Are you serious? I am dead. <laughs> dead serious. Hey, 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 toast to that. All right. Dead serious. I got my Mac cup here with his uh, top hat and his glasses on. Mac hey, is hey, a, hey, 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 hey. Ah, uh, but Dan has the uh, coveted armor of God. Uh, yes. Uh. Shout out to Carla and Orlando, our good friends from Armor of God down in Florida. But yeah, we're still in 2020, and the Hebrew letter that corresponds with the number 20 is the Kav, and that represents the palm or the hand of God. I remember that. And it can go either way. It can be facing up, which means the release of divine promise, or it can be facing down, which means the covering of sin. And then for 2020, you get the backhand, right? I Correct. Think we, <laughs> we, did ta- we did talk about that, and there is truth to that because... Both the covering of sin and the release of divine promise, what that requires is humility. And if you are not humble, you will get 
the other side of the hand of God. And we're seeing that. We're seeing that in the world. We're seeing judgment is occurring. It doesn't take much discernment again to determine that, that judgment is occurring throughout the country. Yeah. Wow. So it, it requires humility 2020. So on the Gregorian calendar, where are we going next? Well, after 2020 comes the year 2021. And the Hebrew letter that corresponds with 21 is the Shin. And the Shin looks like a flame. It also looks like a crown. And the year 2021 is the year of the crown. 21 is a very interesting number because you get it by adding 7 plus 7 plus 7, which is 777, the increased presence of God's Spirit. Mm. Interesting, isn't it? Mm -hmm. It's a year of fulfillment of promise. It's the crown. And something that God has been showing me, and Harry and Mel Becker from Filthy Rags were in town last week for the Extreme Tour, and we were discussing life and the way things are going, and she brought up the word endurance. And that's a word that has been resounding in me for the past several weeks is endurance. You earn a crown by enduring. It's not victory or glory or anything like that that we've been lied to about, but it is enduring hell on earth. And that's where we're going. Sorry, people. Okay. 2021 is not going to be your year of breakthrough. It will be. It will be, but in a different way. You're going to have to endure. Because when you look at the number of 21, there's a negative side to 21 as well that we talked about because 21 is also 13 plus 8. 13 plus 8 equals 21. 8 is a new level or a new beginning, and 13 is the number of sin and rebellion. So when you look at the number 21, you get a new level of sin and rebellion. So while you have an increased presence of God's Spirit, you also have an increase of sin and rebellion to a degree that we've never seen before. And while you were driving over here, we were just talking about the degree of sin and rebellion that we're seeing in the earth right now. It's as if we've never seen this before. Yeah, it's it, like we're in a, a, a thriller movie, you know. It's uh, Stranger Things yeah. or Night of the Living Dead. It's, it's really crazy. So today, the Hebrew calendar has changed and... It may not be obvious yet, but you can start to see tricklings of it. We have crossed a threshold in time. Things are starting to change, and the fulfillment of what 5781 is supposed to be is starting. I'm going to talk about that in a few minutes, but to understand 5781, we have to go back to yesterday. <laughs> we need to rewind. And what was 5780 all about? It's very interesting, and it makes sense. The Hebrew number for 80, or the Hebrew letter for 80, is the Hebrew letter, the Pei. And it looks like a mouth. And 80 represents, and the Pei represents a mouth. Hmm. So when we started 5780, it was the beginning of a new Hebrew decade. We started the decade of the mouth. Start thinking, people, what do you see covering people's faces and their mouths. Mouths yeah. have been shut in 5780. Well, also in the pay, you have a little character in there. It's called a dagesh or a tooth. And that tooth represents wisdom. But if you take the dagesh out of the pay, it creates another letter, the fe. It's a smoother, softer sounding form of pay. And the ancient Jewish sages, what they would do is they would teach people the difference between the pay and the fe by saying this. The Hebrew word for Passover is Peshach, which starts with a pay. And they say because Israel obeyed God, because they were wise, the word Passover or Peshach still has the dagesh or the tooth in it. Israel kept its teeth because they obeyed God. They were wise. Fear of the Lord is wisdom. Hmm. That's where wisdom starts. But Pharaoh, which starts with the fey, was not smart. He did not obey God, and as a result, God knocked his teeth out. He lost his tooth. That is very. Isn't that 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 is boy? Lang that's some hard preaching. Languages are fascinating, and the the. 
fact that there's so much symbolism built into the actual parts of the the lettering is uh, that's yes. amazing. So why are we so fascinated with the Hebrew language and why is this so rich? I I really believe, and this was taught by the Jewish sages, that Hebrew is the language of heaven. It is a divine language. All of the characters, there is so much prophetically intertwined in the letters and the numbers of the Hebrew alphabet. You just take a look at the Torah, and we could go, I could go on forever, just about the first word of the Torah, the Bet, Bedershite, Elohim, where it talks about God created the heavens and the earth. The first word is a Bet, which represents a house, and the book of Genesis talks about God building his house, and it all expands out of wow. that house. I mean, it's just absolutely fascinating. I told you that I heard this preacher in Chinese, and I take it he had to be in Hong Kong or Taiwan, most likely Taiwan, uh, because I don't think he could have preached what he was preaching. But he showed the characters. I think I sent it to you. It was rather long. Yeah. But he showed how the characters, the same thing, how they were made with a, um, a monotheistic understanding of God, and it was very much um, evangelical, but but pre like you know straight from adam sort of information yeah. it was wild and then they went into uh polytheism paganism later but on but you know what that shows dan is that there is logos everywhere hmm. and we're going to talk about logos in the mayan calendar in a little bit so people hold on we're going to talk about some crazy stuff here so 5780 exposure of false prophets exposure of false teachers god knocking the teeth out of the people that are not speaking truth what has been going on churches have been shut down i have seen churches that have been shut down try to restart and then they get shut down again and they try to restart catch a clue people all right if that's happening it's probably not the devil trying to keep you down it's probably god telling you to shut up and stop or let's say that you have a hireling and they are kind of undercover Times are good. A mm-hmm. bunch of people there. They can kind of wing it, right? Right. And then all of a sudden, Glenn, they get under financial duress. They've just built the new building, the new family life center, the new this. And then all of a sudden, the pandemic, 2020 exposure everywhere, vision, like we that other podcast. Yeah. And then it's like all of a sudden, a little bit of compromise, a little bit of this. Let me start preaching the social stuff. Let so me... I can maintain my kingdom. Exactly. It's my kingdom. Exactly. It's my kingdom. How exposing is that? Mm-mm-mm. It is. And you know what? Let's rewind. Let's go back in the Get Real Time Machine. Okay? Let's go back to 1980s. We had the pay on the Gregorian calendar. It was the 80s on the Gregorian calendar. And what happened? We had the exposure of false prophets and teachers in the 80s on the Gregorian calendar. Jim Baker. Yeah. Jimmy Swaggart. Yeah. And that all inspired the Genesis song, Jesus, He Knows Me. Okay. And the Ozzy Osbourne song where he went against Jimmy Swaggart because Jimmy Swaggart kept preaching very hard against Ozzy Osbourne. And then Swaggart was count with the prostitutes. Oh, yes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, there's some of that stuff going yeah, on Yeah, and now. that's going on right now. We mm. see people in very high places uh, in the religious community that are being exposed completely. So has the devil won? No, God is shutting people's mouths. He is tired of the, and I'm going to say this, the crap that is coming out of people's mouths. And how do I know this? Well, as we said in the last podcast, each psalm corresponds with a year. So Psalm 80 corresponds with the year 5780. Psalm 81 corresponds with 5781. Hmm. So what does Psalm 80 have to say? It's very interesting because it talks about the mouth and what God does with the mouth. So, verse 1 in Psalm 80, it says, Give ear, O shepherd of Israel, thou that leadest Joseph like a flock, thou that dwellest between the cherubims, shine forth. This verse here reminds me of Isaiah's vision when everything went crazy when Uzziah died, that God is still on the throne. Mm. He is still king. No matter what you see going on on this earth, no matter what you hear in the streets of people chanting, dethrone God and F your Jesus, that's going on in the streets right now with the protests, God is still on the throne. Then it says in verse 2, Before Ephraim and Manasseh, stir up thy strength and come and save us. And then in verse 3, it says, Turn us again, O God, and cause thy face to shine, and we shall be saved. What's interesting about verse 3 is verse 3 is repeated three times, three times in Psalm 
80. It's a, it's a verse of repentance, of humility, like we're supposed to see in mm. 2020. Humble thyself, turn from your wicked ways, repent and humble yourself, and I will heal your land. But verse 4, it says, O Lord God of hosts, how long wilt thou be angry with the prayer of thy people? Wow. And the original translation, that is the nice way of saying it. The original was, how long wilt thou smoke against the prayer of thy people? So God, it says it right here, is tired of the stuff coming out of the mouths of his people. And he has shut their mouths. He is taking the teeth out of those who are not speaking wisdom. This is judgment. All the masks that you see, it's funny at work, we call them face diapers. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, it's very appropriate because most of the stuff coming out of people's mouths, what you hear out of most Christians is, woe is me, when am I going to get my blessing? Oh God, my life is miserable. Oh, I'm such a pitiful, pathetic Christian. He's sick of it. He's tired of it. What he wants to hear is he wants to hear wisdom. Many believers have not been speaking wisdom. They've been speaking foolishness, especially from pulpits across America. It's been, it's been insane. So today we've moved into the year 5781. It's still the decade of the mouth, but something different is about to happen. And we're starting to see it. So, what does 81 mean in Hebrew? What does this number mean? It means to anoint. It means an increase of God's power and his presence. It means to pour out, very similar to 21, 7 plus 7 plus 7. So they correspond with each other. There's a correlation between the Hebrew calendar and the Gregorian calendar. So God is speaking through both he is screaming, wisdom is screaming in the streets. There is, you cannot escape what God is trying to say. I love that verse. The, so, can uh, you say that verse for us, please? I, I don't know all of it, but it just the one, that, what is it, Proverbs? It's Proverbs, just, yeah. I know that A.W. Tozer, one of my favorite Christian authors, goes into that and talks about wisdom crying out in the concourses and all that. So, so 81 also means singing. It means music. It means to yell to howl, and it also represents a pipe and a flute. So, 5780, we've seen a total shutdown of music. Yeah. What are we going to see in 5781? We're going to see music come back. Hmm. But it's going to be different. I saw something today, the first day of 5781, and I I stopped at my favorite truck stop, where I do all my Christmas shopping for everybody. I can get South Carolina uh, shot glasses. I can get stuffed animals, a CB radio, and hand sanitizer all in the same place, and a protein bar. Oh, my goodness. But I went in there. I I had to grab a Monster Energy because I was doing a long road trip back to the studio this afternoon. And I got in line, and there was a young boy in the front of the line, and they were playing praise music. Now, I'm not big into praise music, but I was like, this is kind of cool. I like this. This is comforting to me. Genuine, right? yeah. Yeah, praise. they were just genuine. It was just genuine praise over the PA system in the truck stop. Huh. And the little boy was standing in line singing to the music. Huh. And there was another gentleman right in front of me that was behind the little boy. He was like, man, I really like those praises you're singing. Thank you. Huh. And I was like, 5781 has started. Huh. They're opening their I mean, how many times have you seen that being in in just a secular truck stop? It's not like, welcome to the Lord's. (laughs) (laughs) I've never seen it. Truck driver number 57, your shower is ready. It's usually what you get when you go. Praise the Lord, brother. (laughs) (laughs) Praise the Lord, my shower is ready. And then I went back, I went back a little bit to a week ago where we brought the extreme tour into Charleston with Harry and Mel. Dude, what a time that was. It was awesome. We've got some new interviews we're going to do met some great people we were able to break bread here at the studio with them it was awesome time that was the first time that there's been live music in most of charleston since the shutdown yeah yeah and it was set up at the raw coffee shop and the first person that came by he was getting his uh tires changed at the uh service shop next door and he came over for a coffee 
And he saw everything getting set up. He's like, what's going on? We're like, we're about to do a concert. And he's like, that's awesome. I'll be right back. Huh. And he was like, you know, he's like, I need this. I need music. He didn't care what the music was about. He didn't care if it was, you know, praising the Lord or whatever. He's like, I need music. Yeah. I need it. He came back and he was singing and dancing. He didn't care what it was. He's like, I needed this. I need but this. It's, it's interesting because we're so enveloped in a digital world. And it seems like, you know, you just you push the button on Apple Music or Spotify or whatever you listen to. And then you you get that song instantly. We used to have to work for it. Yeah. And now everything's so digital. It's so manipulated. But then, Glenn, live music has been taken away. Yes, it that, has That been. element of music in the real world, not yeah. just... Now you can get music so easily. It used to. You'd have to take the record out, dust it off, you know, put it on the thing, listen to it, move to which song you wanted. Now it's so convenient, it can get tedious. You yeah. can get like, oh, I, I, you know, what else do I want to listen to, right? And that's why vinyls made a resurgence. There was just a study that was just put out about vinyl, mm-hmm. and it's really kind of the preferred medium now. I believe it. Because my, my kids are all into yeah. it. You know what's weird? Today, one of my daughters, musically gifted, takes her ukulele, goes downtown Somerville, and busks. I didn't know she was doing it. She, I was like, hey, what'd you do this afternoon? You know, I'm working or whatever. And she was like, well, I just went to this shop, and I went and I busked. Busked? <laughs> I, busked I was busking. She's uh, a busker? Yeah, with her uh, ukulele. And I was like, that is so cool. And that was a bold step for her. Like yeah. some people are super extroverted. She's kind of like I am. I'm not all the time. I can be kind of over here. But very interesting, the, the year of... And I find it, yeah, it is interesting because singing. I am getting ready to leave tomorrow morning to go see The Last Trumpet live. The first live, live show that I've seen since I went to Tampa, Florida to see Delane a year ago. What's the venue? Church or? A, it uh, is the uh, Music Hall in Winston-Salem. Okay, cool. Yep, the Music Hall in Winston-Salem. There's three bands playing. Uh, it's going to be The Last Trumpet and Forever Red, another band that I've been in contact with that hopefully we'll eventually be able to talk to on this podcast. It's going to be a great time. I'm, cool. I'm looking forward to the trip. So Psalm 81, this is what it says in Psalm 81. We see mouths being open. It says, sing aloud unto God our strength. Make a joyful noise unto the God of Jacob release of prom- well okay it says sing aloud unto god our strength make a joyful noise to unto the god of jacob and i find this interesting i kind of slipped into my notes right there it refers to the god of jacob that we talked about with psalm 20 the release of divine promise so we see divine promise released in psalm 81 it says take a psalm and bring hither the timbrel the pleasant harp with the psaltery blow a trumpet in the new moon well, you can't blow a trumpet with a face mask on, so it's got to come off. <laughs> and the time appointed on our solemn feast day. And, you know, on Wednesday night, as I was putting this together, I was watching some Facebook Live stuff, mm-hmm. and I was seeing in, I believe it was Chicago, the streets of Chicago, a praise team set up, a genuine praise team. I saw that. And people out in the streets without masks on praising the Lord. I was like, this is awesome. I'm not sure if it was that same um, time, but there was somewhere where they wouldn't let them into the venue. Yeah. And then they said, you know what? We're going to do it right out here. And they yeah. peacefully went out there and praised. Yeah. It's pretty cool. So masks are coming off and praise is going forth. And you know, that was genuine pinup praise. You know, I saw, the- I just, I was like, this is the real deal. I was like, this is not a show. This is not, you know, hey, look at, I'm a Christian star. Look at me. Right. It was genuine. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. I I loved it. So then it continues in Psalm 81, and there's some things that I want to point out for practicality for the people that are listening to the podcast, and this is something that God's been stirring in me. Psalm 81, verse 8, it says, Hear, O my people, and I I will testify unto thee, O Israel, if thou wilt hearken unto me, there shall no strange God be in thee, neither shalt thou worship any strange God. This is where it gets fun. I am the Lord thy God, which brought thee out of the land of Egypt. And then he says, open thy mouth wide and I will fill it. Hmm. So our mouths have been shut. The crap is stopped for a while. Now it's time to start to reopen the mouth and open it wide. Open it in faith. Open it in praise and God will fill it. I know from time to time we talk about sobriety and like if you go through something in life, sometimes 
it can have a um, almost like a crucible, like a purification sort yep. of deal. Like, let's say, oh, you survive a plane crash or you're stranded at sea for three days in the ocean and you get rescued and you become more pensive and more directive and more um, focused on I am actually praising. Or I've heard this in the case of prisoners, people falsely uh, arrested for rape or whatever, and they spend 25 years in prison, not guilty. And then when they get out, they've had to deal with all this stuff. When they speak, it's with such... Um, what do you call it? Like just, uh, it, it is the sobriety. You can tell the soul has yes. suffered. And everything yes. they speak, every cup of coffee, everything they do mm. is with purpose and thanksgiving and direction. Yes. And and that that sounds like that genuine opening up and God's like gonna, yeah, I get it. Mm, yeah, that's good. But this is where I want our listeners to understand something. This is what it says after that. It says on verse 11, but my people would not hearken unto my voice and Israel would have none of me. So I gave them up unto their own heart's lust, and they walked in their own counsels. Oh, that my people had hearkened unto me, Israel had walked in my ways. I should have soon subdued their enemies and turned my hand against their adversaries. The haters of the Lord should have submitted themselves unto him, but their time should have endured forever. He should have fed them also with the finest of wheat and with honey out of the rock I should have satisfied thee. Well, this is what I want our listeners to understand is the tooth, the wisdom. Okay. That is the only way to survive what is going to be coming upon the earth in the next several months and the next several years. Hmm. It has been stirred in me that I've done only so much that I can do in my flesh to do things. Now I have to depend upon the wisdom of the Lord doing things my way. This is not the time for me. Again, it's humility. It's not the time for me, and I'm speaking to me, and I hope this resounds with our listeners, not the time for me to be like, well, yeah, I'm going to muscle through this and keep doing it the way I've been doing it. Because if you do it that way and not the Lord's way... You're going to get your tooth knocked out. You're going to get your tooth knocked, and he's going to give you over to your own lust. Yeah. You're, you're stuck. Things will keep blowing up in your face and if you, you go that way. And you won't even be aware that this dynamic is actually going on for your own pruning or your own good, right? Exactly. Hmm. Exactly. So, this is very personal. You know what I'm saying? Oh, I mean, I, I can personalize that and it soaks in and I'm like, oh, okay. <laughs> thanks, <laughs> thanks for the personal word. Well, well, I told you when we were when I was putting this together that I'm really taking my time with it because there's some things that God's dealing with me on. And you're going to see some changes to the podcast and to Lithos. Now we're going to keep doing the same things that you know we're doing, but the way we do it is going to be different. You're going to see some addition of some people that have share the same last name as me participating in this. It's not just going to be Dan and Glenn. And it's really neat to see that. And as I've been pursuing that, seeing the restoration of things with great. other little people that have my same last name. And we have some of their artwork up on the wall here in the studio that I might share with some of our listeners at some point in time. That's so really cool. It's really cool. But as with every Hebrew number and letter, as there is a positive, there is also a negative. So what is the negative of number 81? So let's do a little math here. Three times three times three times three equals 81. It's three to the fourth power. Well, what do the Jewish sages say about three to the fourth power? My friend Dan, it is not good. It is the same as 21, the negative side of 21. Three to the fourth power represents a rise of the unholy trinity. Because you have three, which represents trinity. And the number four represents the earth. Four winds, the four corners, the four seasons, and... Who is it that's been given free reign over this earth right now for a time and a season? The enemy. The enemy, Satan. So we are going to see a rise of Satan at the same time that we see an increase of the presence of the Spirit of God in 2021. That is sobering to think. We were lied to most of our lives in church when we were told that when God outpours his Spirit, it's going to be this great time of revival and you know that is going to happen but then you read the rest of the verses in the book of joel and the book of acts when you read about the outpouring of the spirit you read about 
all hell breaking loose. You read about the the moon turning to blood, the pillars of smoke, and there's actually verses in there about human trafficking. Wow! In the book of Joel, you know it's amazing because you can look at it and see this is like this mysteriously weird thing. The plagues are happening, and this and all these things happening, but it's actually there's a real fatherly rudiment to this. It's very paternal. It's very conspicuous for the humble. Like if you're a child that's learning and you're looking and you're looking towards the Lord at all, it would be hard to miss this. You know, it would be hard to miss his discipline, his yes. instruction, his beckoning to wisdom, his and and if you resist it, you harden your neck, right? Then you you're not you're going to be a, a fool. You're going to be in that blind zone. But this looks very purposeful. It's very paternal and it's rudiment. I'm sitting there as you're speaking and I'm like, yeah, this is, it's giving opportunity. Yes, it's, it is. It's, it's, yes. it's going, hey, don't miss this. You know, even for dullards like, <laughs> like me, you know, it's like saying, look, don't, don't, don't miss this. Yeah. You, you mess it up. You do this. You harden your heart. Yeah, I don't want you to miss this. And a lot of times pain and suffering, that actually helps. I don't like saying that, you know. Yeah, it's like, and we're we're a pain averse society. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, and we've been conditioned that way by the enemy. Yeah. Well, and that is what, like, what you and I were talking about. Not to divert on this too much, but that sensuality and that sensitivity towards the avoidance of pain and 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 the pursuit of pleasure. When somebody knows that that's your fleshly algorithm, that's what you do and where you go. How easy it is to control the masses exactly. through AI, through media. Oh, through, absolutely. Like we were talking about. Absolutely. Absolutely. Good stuff, Glenn. So how does this tie into the mind calendar? What does the mind calendar have to say about where we're at now? What was that whole thing that occurred in 2012 that didn't seem to happen, but really did happen? Well, this is what we're going to do is we're going to take a short break and we're going to be right back. And we're going to talk about the Mayan calendar and how this all ties in. Back in a flash. Back in a flash. We are back and let's talk about the Mayan calendar. Do you know back in June, somebody to get hits on YouTube and social media was like, well, the, the Mayan calendar was four years off. It's going to happen this June in 2020. That's not what we're doing here. <laughs> That's as bad as the people in the 80s writing those books over and over and over Oh, yeah. Again. It's about the return of the Lord. Yeah. Okay. Well, here's the deal, folks. I want to explain something. There is a lot of biblical misconception about things. The world is not going to be destroyed. It's not going to blow up. Now, it will be consumed by fire. <laughs> that, that, that will happen. Hey, right. nothing to worry about yeah, here, folks. No, nothing to worry about. But the world is not going to blow up. It is going to be renewed. Totally yeah. renewed. So the earth, you know, the sun's not going to crash into it. Uh, there will be global warming, but it'll be by the hand of the Lord because he's... It's not going to be your SUV, I can guarantee you. It's not going to be the Hummer. <laughs> But back in 2012, there was all this hubbub in the media about the Mayan calendar that when we hit the winter solstice on December 21st, 2012, that the world was going to end. Lots of twos and ones. Lots of twos and ones. So what was going on here? I would have to say a misinformation campaign hmm. based upon my research. So the end of the Mayan calendar, the Mayans, they were very meticulous with timekeeping. They had people that that was their job was to keep time. What are you? I'm a, hey, baby, I'm a timekeeper. <laughs> okay. I'm in marketing. I'm a timekeeper. <laughs> well, I've been cutting hearts out lately. <laughs> Mama, I want to marry a timekeeper. Uh, they had several different calendars, not just one, like 
we have the Gregorian calendar, they had several. They had one for political cycles, they had one for agricultural cycles, and they had something called the long count calendar. Hmm. And when we were looking at the potential end of the world in 2012, it was the end of the Mayan long count calendar. There were still other calendars. So what were the Mayans predicting? Well, I can tell you this, they were not predicting the end of the world. That was a media misinformation campaign. Imagine that. Yes, to make it seem stupid. Wait, the media lying to us? No way, really? <laughs> All right, Glenn, that's just too far, brother. Normally yes. I put on the tinfoil hat with you. I, I just... <laughs> no, it was a media misinformation campaign to make anybody think that there is something going to happen, a change in cycles seem ridiculous you mean that there's possibly an occultocracy running things in the background that is very tuned into the sky clock and different calendars yes. from the days of old that may not want us the little people to know all the ins and outs of these things <laughs> yes dan i can't imagine a you, scenario you like are correct. that so what what happened on the winter solstice december 21st 2012 well it was the end of a Mayan era, and they call those Bakhtuns. Sounds like something from Star Wars. Planet <laughs> Bakhtun, all right? Uh, I'm not going to go into what a Bakhtun and all the math behind it, but December 21st, 2012 was the end of the 13th Bakhtun. So, what happened? You didn't see it, but you see it now. And we see it now. To understand what happened, we have to take a look at something that was found in at an archaeological site in Mexico. Uh, it was in Tortuguero, Mexico. They found a 1,300-year-old stone tablet that had a pre hazy prediction about what would happen at the end of the 13th Bakhtun. And according to that prediction, it was going to be the return of a Mayan deity by the name of Bolan Yoktiku. This is the Mayan deity of destruction. We, as Christians, referred to Bolan Yoktiku as Satan. So you were looking at, at the end of the 13th Bakhtun on December 21st, in conjunction with the winter solstice, the return of Satan. So how did this play out? Well, let's take a look at what the Mayan astrologers were saying. You didn't hear this in the news. Saying before December 12th, 2021. Uh, 2012, excuse me. They were saying um, something is going to happen at the end of the 13th Bakhtun world era, that is December 2012, a type of darkness that comes on the world by descent of a negative god. His name is Bolon Yokti Ku. So, what the Mayan astrologers, the ones they didn't talk about in the news, were saying is that there's going to be a darkness that starts to cover our land. That reminds me of a particular verse in Isaiah chapter 60, verses 1 through 2, where God says, Arise, shine, for thy light is come, and the glory of the Lord is risen upon thee. For behold, the darkness shall cover the earth, and gross darkness the people. So the Mayan astrologers were saying that on December 21st, 2012, at the end of the 13th Bakhtun, on the Mayan long count calendar, Bolon Yoktiku was going to manifest himself or become more present on the earth. So, what did NASA have to say about this? Here we Here's, go. Okay, here we go. <laughs> and this is where my eyebrow raised. As soon as I saw NASA chimed in on this, I was like, oh, they're hiding something. All right? This is what they said. For any claims of disaster or dramatic changes in 2012, where is the science? I'm getting sick of hearing that. Yeah. I really am. Scientism is garbage. All right. Now, I believe in science. It explains how the universe works, but it doesn't tell you how it was created. Right. We, get, right. we get propaganda and um, social shame for lack of conformity. Yeah. Right. So they say, where they said, where is the science? Where is the evidence? There is none. And for all the fictional assertions, whether they are made in books, movies, documentaries, or over the internet, we cannot change that simple fact. So when I see them say that we cannot change the simple fact, it says to me that they did change the simple fact. And they're talking about evidence of what 
of the Mayan. Yes, the word. Mayan astrologers okay, were saying okay. of Bolan Yokti Ku. Gotcha. Yeah, that, okay. that's exactly what they were saying. There is no credible evidence for any of the assertions made of universal events taking place in December 2012. So, December 2012, in conjunction with the winter solstice, Bolan Yokti Ku, Satan, was to increase his presence upon the face of the earth. And he does things like that by permission. Yes, he does. <laughs> he does. He didn't decide, I'm going to flex. <laughs> he didn't say, this is my time. Yeah, no. No, he no. was like, um, sir, may I, you know. Satan is a freak on a leash, if I may quote a corn song. Okay. <laughs> I had to do that. I just, okay. I just, I just had to do that. So... In April of 2013, just like four months after the Mayan long count calendar ended, we started to see a gross darkness come upon the earth that we had never seen before. And it is what we referred to as ISIS. Hmm. When I first started seeing the things that ISIS was doing, I thought people were making it up. I didn't believe it because it was so barbaric. I had never seen terrorism at that degree where they're putting people in cages and burning them and mutilating Christians. The, the, the war, they were crucifying people. Hmm. You didn't, you know, you'd see this, you know, somewhat on social media, but ISIS is far worse than the news portrayed them to be. Hmm. So I went back and I take, took a look and I always thought because that's the Islamic state of um, Iraq and Syria, ISIS also referred to as ISIL, the Levant, well, politically that was thrown in there because they wanted to throw in the West Bank and Gaza Strip too. You know, I'm not going to, but the name ISIS, that's a deity, a fallen deity mm -hmm. uh, in, in pagan culture. All right. That caught my eye when it started coming out. But all of that, Iraq is in between the Tigris and the Euphrates River. And, oh, wow. Okay. okay, so the whole time this was going on, I you know I was still not walking with the Lord, but I knew I was like I remember something in Scripture about the Tigris and the Euphrates River and a certain evil that's there, and in um, it's Revelation chapter nineteen, verses chapter nine, excuse me, Revelation chapter nine, verses fourteen through fifteen. Um, this is what it says, saying to the sixth angel which had the trumpet, loose the four angels which are bound in the great river Euphrates. And the four angels were loosed, which were prepared for an hour and a day and a month and a year to slay the third part of men. Wow. So there are evil deities, evil angels that are bound, or I believe were bound, in the Euphrates River that have been loosed. Hmm. And if you take a look at the military campaign of ISIS, doing a little bit of military strategy here, <laughs> ISIS came to power by winning a series of small battles and conflicts moving up the Euphrates River. So as they moved up the Euphrates River, they became more powerful. It, I can kind of equate it when I look at this to Pokemon, catching them as they go and becoming worse and becoming more powerful. So, so we see this gross darkness over the earth with, with ISIS. In June of 2014, Abu Bakr al-Baghdadi declared himself the caliph of Islam and established the Islamic caliphate. He declared himself basically to be a messiah, a false messiah. Then the power of ISIS um, really, it kind of peaked in 2016. It began to fall. And I believe it was in 2016 when ISIS began to fall that those demonic powers that were propelling them and motivating them started to disperse. That is so powerful. I've never really considered the spiritual significance of that that movement being birthed, and then this antichrist messiah sort of complex happening. That sounds very much like angels enduring existential crises yes. on leashes. Yes. Right? Hmm. Bolan Yokti coup at work in 2016, 20, 2013 to 2016 through through ISIS. Well. We have to take a look. I want to. I want to meander a little bit for a second. Every culture has logos. There's fragments of logos in every culture. Oh, yeah. Yeah. No, there is no culture without excuse, and I believe that there are certain elements of logos that are locked up in different cultures. And we talked about that when we talked about the Gregorian calendar. That 
there was Logos locked up in Egypt with the star Sirius, and that the Hebrew calendar really didn't come into full development until they were held captive in Babylon, and the Babylonians were the ones that taught them what their calendar meant and what their letters meant and what their numbers meant. So it's all locked up there. Well, there's another culture that is very close to the Mayan calendar, and that is the um, Cherokee rattlesnake prophecies. <laughs> okay, I'm going this out there. Wild. Okay, I'm hey, probably going to get like yeah. meandering. Okay. We're going to meander cool. here. Okay, um, <laughs> it's the Cherokee or rattlesnake prophecies, also known as the Chickamauguan prophecy, that was uh, spoken in 1811 to 1812, and what they predicted was that in 2016, the feathered serpent of Aztec lore, known as Quetzalcoatl, would return. Yeah, how do you pronounce that again? Uh, Quetzalcoatl. Okay, would return to Earth. Well, what does this have to do with anything, all right? Well, you go into the occult world, they oftentimes uh, equate Quetzalcoatl to Jesus. They do. Uh, according to the Mesoamerican tradition, Quetzalcoatl came into being through a virgin birth. He is also associated with the four points of the earth. Let's go back to the number 81, three times three times three hmm. times three, three to the fourth power, the four points of the earth. Who is that, my friend? The enemy. Hmm. All right. So what you're looking at here is you have the Mayan long count calendar ending the 13th Baktun, and you see the return of Bolan Yoktiku. And then four years later, according to the Chickamauguan prophecies or the Cherokee prophecies, you have the return of Quetzalcoatl, the feathered serpent. Really, they're one in the same. And when we take a look at aberrations in our calendars, you're looking at about a four year difference between different calendars. Uh, the best example is when you take a look at the kernel, current uh, current Anno Domini system. Mm-hmm. It's about four years off is what they estimate. Okay, But we go with what we got because you really can't exactly you can't measure it. it. You, you, yeah. you just can't do it. So could it be that Quetzalcoatl and Bolan Yoktiku, one in the same, all came at the same time around 2012? I would say so because you take a look at when things start really spinning out of control in the world with ISIS, right? ISIS was so bad that Al-Qaeda disowned them. Wow. They wanted nothing to do with them. They're like, that is just whack, all right? <laughs> you, you know it's bad when Bin Laden's crew wants nothing to do with them, okay? <laughs> I, I've been fascinated with Quetzalcoatl since I was in high school, but I lived, I've been to Central America a lot and lived in, in Mexico. So I've been to a lot of the museums and understand some of the lore about him. But it, I used to wonder when I was first introduced to the to the, uh, the religious concept of Quetzalcoatl, I used to wonder when it talks about after Christ had risen from the dead and it said that he showed infallible proofs of himself. He went around, what, yeah. 40 days, 40 nights and did infallible proofs. I used to wonder whether he showed himself to the tribes of the earth, like he went to different places. And I had always wondered, I was like, I wonder if he revealed himself to the Aztecs. Supposedly, and there's a great book for any of our listeners. It's uh, The History of the Conquest of Mexico. <coughs> was written in the late kind of 1800s, mm-hmm. but it's really good. And they talked about how the, um, the Aztecs and a lot of the different tribes looked at the Spaniards and thought that they were like Cortez yes. was like Quetzalcoatl yes. come yes. again. They did, and um, I, just a lot of fascinating and, uh, things there. Not that to you meander bring, too far. That you bring that up, I want to meander. Why? Why is it? Why are the Cherokees so important? Why did they have this prophecy? Where did they get this from? Well, you take a look, and I don't. So, so the Cherokee actually believed in Quetzalcoatl as well, because almost all the tribes, including. I'm pretty sure the Incas, the, Cher- the, Aztecs, yep, the Cherokee the rattlesnake prophecies were the ones that spoke about Quetzalcoatl. Yes. Okay. Wow. And why is that so important? Well, if you take a look, just do an internet search and you can take it or leave it, but it is believed that the Cherokee Indians are descendants from one of the lost tribes of Israel. That's what uh, the Mormons are big into that. They're big into There's a little bit of truth there with that. Okay. Gotcha. I'm not venturing into error. 
But there have been some archaeological finds where they've found like coins with menorahs on them and tribal sites. And some people are like, well, that was put there or whatever. But you know, if you think about it, yeah. you know, if you really think about it, you know, it says when the tribes are scattered, they were scattered all over the earth. Yeah. Okay. That that was there. There were people coming to North America. Way, this oh, whole thing about yeah. just it starting with Columbus, that's nonsense. No, they don't it like is. talking about it. It is. But so, it's so fascinating to me. So the Cherokee in what is now the mainland of the United States on the eastern part, mm-hmm. I had never known it went that far. That's fascinating because the Aztecs, the Mayans, down to the Incas, going all the way down through Central America and in South America, all of them had their own kind of form of Quetzalcoatl, the feathered serpent, or the 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 guy with the beard, the the different, the lighter skinned dude with the beard. And I'm not getting into some color about what color Jesus was. He's probably like Sephardic, like olive skin, yes, like yeah. Jew. You know, yeah, that's where exactly. I'm going with it. But interesting. So. For our fundamentalist friends, I want you to buckle up your seatbelts for a minute because we're going to meander a little bit further. <laughs> I've had fun with this. Uh, it's been eye-opening to me. No, it sounds like <clears throat> it. You, you had to learn a couple of languages. I did. I had to learn a couple of languages. I had to refine my mathematical skills in doing this. I've been working on this since May. Wow. In putting this together. And excuse me, I'm getting a little little chugged. My allergies. It's allergy season. Oh, like we, yeah, man. It's, it's killing me. So, so if you want to survive 2021... Why don't you give your love gift to the Get Real Podcast? Because if you don't want hunky dooky poo coming for you out of a pyramid, <laughs> we take PayPal, Venmo. <laughs> so, fundamentalist friends, I'm going to blow your minds because you're probably sitting there and like, dude, this guy is an occultist. No, I am not. I am not an occultist. I just believe in the mysteries of scripture. All right. Uh, there's a lot out there that's not explained, uh, a lot of things. You know, we're getting deeper revelation now. It's not new stuff that's coming. It's not that we're getting new scriptures. It's that the scriptures are being unfolded yeah. uh, before us. And the Bible says that's going to happen. So all my twangy preaching friends, here we go. <laughs> I'm going to mention a name, and it's going to blow your mind. Jonathan Edwards. Great preacher. Yes, yes, really all right. Preacher. We all probably remember his sermon, Sinners in the Hands of an Angry God. Now, for some reason, unfortunately, and I think it was a smear campaign, that that is the only thing that people know Jonathan Edwards for. I remember reading that sermon in sophomore year in high school and all of us laughing at it like this is ridiculous, not realizing that he was preaching. I mean, and it's like, oh, that hellfire and brimstone. Well, okay, people settle down for a second. We don't know the context of why he was preaching that. We don't know who was sitting there, who he needed to reach. We don't know the whole circle around it. But that is an anointed sermon of God. There is no question about oh, yeah. it with the effects. That, he, that was not a Jonathan Edwards scare tactic. And and he wasn't up there like yelling and screaming. He was reading raving. it word for word. Yeah, he was reading it. Yeah. And they were very moved. That was the the that great awakening happening. Yes. And he was a brilliant intellectual. Some have, some have President said President of Yale University. Yeah. Yeah, some have said that Jonathan Edwards was like the mystic of the United States. Sorry yes. if I'm stealing thunder. And that's thunder. exactly where I was going. Jonathan Edwards was a mystic. He was a Christian mystic. Now, does that mean that he in did, a good way? Yes. He he. Now he did not consult with Madame Cleo. <laughs> uh, he was not into witchcraft, but he, in his mind and in his intellectual level, would look and examine the mysteries of Scripture. Yeah, that's what we're doing here. Um, you and I, we had this conversation. It's like, what are we? You and know, he delighted in the daily presence of Christ yes. in his life, and that's what a Christian mystic is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, sorry, fundamentalist people, but well, people get scared. I, what do you think it is? It's like a fear response, right, or mm-hmm. something where people are like, unless some sort of twangy group think outlines everything that I need to think about, and it's like, no, some of the beauties that are in Scripture, or what is not spoken, or what is like just hinted at, and it's like. You don't think that daddy put stuff in wrapping paper to get your curiosity going on? Oh, daddy you think, did. Yeah, and it's not like, oh, no, that's going to get me. I better not. I, I can't color outside the lines. I can't go here. It's like he made all of that. And almost everything that I've studied in the esoteric occult world, just different things like that, I look at it and I'm like, there's usually a foundation of heavy-duty logos, and then it bends Luciferian yeah. really quick. Really, really quick. So Jonathan Edwards, how does he tie into all of this? Well, he does because he was a Christian mystic. 
And he said something about the year 2016. Hmm. Yes. This is, uh, this is from Clarence Gowen. Clarence Gowen was the editor of uh, The Great Awakening, Volume 4 of the works of Jonathan Edwards. Uh, he was a church historian, a biblical scholar. Mm-hmm. And based upon his studies of Jonathan Edwards, he read Jonathan Edwards' letters and diaries and everything like that. Jonathan, According to him, Jonathan Edwards stated that the most likely time for the reign of Antichrist was 1,260 years after A.D. 756. So you add 1260 plus 756, you get 2016. Wow. Hmm. So, 2016, we know that we had an election in 2016, and that started to open up Pandora's box of chaos here in the United States. So you look at 2012, 2016, just take a look at, you know, we can go back. Were the Mayans making things up? No, because we can actually take a look at what's happened going back and be like, oh yeah, there's darkness over the land. Um, If you don't see Satan rising in the media right now, if you don't see it being thrown in your face everywhere, uh, you're kind of blind. Yeah. All right. It, it doesn't take somebody with mega, mega discernment to figure out where we're at. So the Mayan calendar, what they were predicting, they were predicting the end of the 13th Bakhtun and the rise of Bolon, Yokti, Ku, or Quetzalcoatl. Hmm. And that ties into 5781, three to the fourth power, the rise of an unholy trinity, and the increase, 18, uh, 13 plus 8, 21, the whole new level of sin. And we're seeing it unfold before our eyes right now. So just not to tickle your mind and get you excited about the things that we were talking about, where does this become practical? And I want to take you back, and I want to take everybody back that's watching or listening to us, to the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. And Dan, when we started this year's series of podcasts back in January, that was what was stirring in you, was the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. And we we talked about that. And that was very timely. And that is what God's people need to do now, is they need to walk in wisdom. Listen to the still, small voice of God. Don't think that you're going to go back and do things the same way that you did them before that all this broke out. Life is changing. Things are changing drastically. It's not going to get any better in the world. The world is going to hell in a handbasket. And that's what this book says is going to happen. It's happening right before our eyes. And the way to make it through it and the way to enjoy the presence of the Lord and the Lord's blessings is to walk in wisdom. And what does that mean? I was uh, talking with somebody the other night about this a little bit. And you and I haven't come from a cult. We thought wisdom was just being foolish and stupid and doing the opposite of what everybody else was doing. Uh, Well, there is a walking not according to the pattern of the world, but it is walking in the fear of the Lord while keeping your feet grounded on the earth, being in the world, but not of the world. And that is something very hard to practice because when you start thinking about all this stuff, your mind can start spinning and you want to become a monk and you want to do all these crazy things. That's just the enemy diverting you. You're not going to be the salt and the light of the earth going out being stupid and silly and foolish. But if you listen to that still small voice, start listening for the Lord, his voice. It's a practice, it's a discipline to do that. I would encourage people, if they have not done it, to fast. Um, For two years, I did intense fasting before we got to this year. And this year, I've really felt that the Lord has said, okay, eat eat some more. I I needed to, but I was doing intense fasting and I was learning to listen to the voice of the Lord. I think a lot of that fasting, looking back at, I didn't know why I was being called to do it, but I look back and it was preparing me for where we're at right now and the things that are unfolding and the, and the things that we're seeing happen and to be able to hear the voice of the Lord. You know, what's interesting when you said, you know, the, the beginning of wisdom, the fear of the Lord and fearing the Lord, if we kind of pour ourselves out of the Christian wineskin, right? We're Christians. There's Christian music. There's churches. There's We live in the West. It's, it's Christian. We kind of take for granted that fundamental of massive revelation, of having multiple copies of the Bible, having all this information. 
pour yourself out of that briefly and I think that essentially you're in some tribe you don't know anything you're in darkness but God was still moving and doing things on man so you're observing Sirius you're observing the 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 sky clock the the sun the moon you're looking at all these different things and let's say that there's stages in the understanding and the interpretation of God and if it expresses itself and I'm not going universalist in some weird wacky way but even base primitive animism where oh no the the feathered serpent's going to get me or whatever like that there is a fear there and you are fearing a deity or deities that you don't know which we know that was a universal thing there is there are roots of that in every culture right and then strangely you'll see this monotheistic you know mysterious time periods where people had this understanding of the maker of heaven and earth which to us seems like well yeah of course god made everything but when you were like looking at the jaguar looking at the wind and and all you could come up with either primitive animism or whatever it's that that nature of the what it um, rudolf otto called the the numinous and, mm-hmm. and the other and you're trying to understand the other you have this intrinsic fear of things from the other side and and it's like they're going to get me the dead are going to get me it, it was all of that all of that is the buddings of that fear of the lord it's that drawing by the holy ghost through nature around people to understand through the breadcrumbs all that stuff to the feet of the cross you know at a certain point and i believe in whatever way that he judged those cultures accordingly you know if you never knew anything you know god's just he looks at it i don't know what he does he does what he wants to do with his own creation but just when you were saying that about the fear of the lord and just seeing the logos around you whether that was the logos of seeing the corn you know pop out of the ground after you planted it right and and you felt an appreciation to the heavens or whatever he worked in people's lives like that. It's very fascinating, dude. Something else that resounded in me the other day, I was working through some things personally. When you take a look at where God wants us to be, you know, we've had this shutdown and we talk about the new normal and all that. You know, there is going to be a new normal, but it's God's normal that he wants, new normal that he wants for his, for his people. I've heard a lot of people say, well, I can't wait to get back to life the way it was. A lot of believers saying that. I can't wait to get back and we're going to start this up again. And we, we've talked about that earlier. And what came to my mind and started to stir in my heart was um, Lot's wife looking back. Uh, Don't look back because it's death. And that's what you're looking at. You're looking at basically Sodom and Gomorrah. And don't long for the way things were because most of the way things were were pretty fake and not glorifying or pleasing to the Lord whatsoever. Move forward. And the first thing to be wise in, and this is just, I want to share this with everybody that's out there, don't look back. Move forward. What is it that God wants you to do now? Where does he want you to be? Maybe he doesn't want you in the church that you were in. Maybe he's tired of that church. Maybe he wants you to start using your giftings in a different way. Maybe there's some things that you've got um, in your life that he wants you to get rid of so that there is no strange God among you. Um, Don't look back. Move forward. God is moving forward, and that's what he wants for his people. It's all about wisdom. The only way to survive, the only way to endure is by the wisdom of the Lord. Move ahead. Go forward. It's not too late to whip it. Whip, <laughs> whip it, it good. good. <laughs> I felt so bad. I was like, no, we're going to roll with that. But There's dude, logos even with a flower 80s. pot. It's 5781. <laughs> <laughs> and shalom. No, when you were talking, it was moving. I was like, yeah, dude, that resonates. Yeah, yeah. That, and then I hear boom, 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 boom. <laughs> my mind. And I'm like, no, stop. And then you'd say it again, move forward. And I was like, I feel so bad. Why can't I control my weird brain? I'll go get Max Dog Bowl and put it on your head and we can sit here and do it that way but people that's the word for today is wisdom move forward don't look back because it's a new year and we have crossed okay sorry okay go ahead you were doing this, this you know what i'm gonna do outro. hey if you've got questions <laughs> or you want to pick at us because you think we've gone off the deep end 
Uh, shoot us an email at lithoscry, L-I-T-H-O-S-C-R-Y at gmail.com. Check out our website at lithoscry.com. Got a lot of cool stuff up there. Hey, we got some great interviews coming up in the next couple weeks. Uh, we got our friend uh, Jared Cunningham from I Am The Pendragon coming up next week. And then after that, I'm going to make an announcement. We have the one and only Zana interviewing with us on the Get Real podcast. And you want to talk about that sobriety after being through tribulation and pain? This is one young lady who knows the Lord because of the tribulation and pain that she's been in. The wisdom that just comes out of her mouth, it's sobering when you listen to her wow. speak. It was I was blessed by I the interview. Hated I missed that yeah, one. But. I can't wait. I can't wait to share it with everybody. And during that edition, it's going to come out the first week in October. Zana and I together have a very important announcement to make. Cool. So stay tuned, people. Peace out and rock on. Lithoscry.com.